And so the dialogue in that room was so powerful that night. It was so powerful. And then and then so we did it for an hour, did it for an hour. And so I told everybody, okay, that's it. Cut it off. We're done. An hour later, the police and the kids were still talking. They were still nobody wanted to leave. Hello and welcome to Shop Talk, where we talk everything Scottsdale Police, answer your questions, and bring you updates from around the department. Now, here are your hosts, Chief Jeff Walther and Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shop Talk for February 2022. I am uh, your reluctant host, Chief Jeff Walther of the Scottsdale Police Department, and my sidekick, Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Hi, how are you doing today? <laughs> with, that, with that great radio voice. <laughs> uh, excited to be back uh, for February, and we have a great show. I'll get more into um, our exceptional guests. You know, we've been blessed so far since we started our show with a lot of great guests. Today is no exception. Uh, we have Ivan Gilreath, uh, who's the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Scottsdale, and we're going to get to him yep. and uh, in just a little while. But as always, we're going to go at some of the questions that we've gotten through our social media posts and the requests for questions about Scott, anything Scottsdale PD related. So and I know you like to give the shout out, Kevin, of where you can send us questions. Yeah. Any one of the social media platforms, you can find us at Scottsdale PD. Real, real simple. So just shoot us a question and we'll make sure we get it answered. So let's get right into it, good, Chief. Good questions this month. Yep. There's a lot of signs around the city that are all over the place that say, see something, say something. What is your advice and what does that slogan even really mean? Yeah, great. I think that when this, when the whole idea of see something, say something came out, it's really was in um, regard to if you see something out of the ordinary, you know, I think people sometimes think it, it gets too big of an issue like terrorism or domestic terrorism or foreign terrorism. Uh, you know, the, uh, a, a backpack left at the, at the airport, you know, see something, say something. And so I think over the years, it's lost a little bit of its luster. And so let's just briefly talk about what that is. And all it is, is get involved. Yeah. If you see something out of the ordinary, see something that's off, you see people engaged in some type of conflict, you whatever it is, you see somebody who's uh, around a vehicle and it looks like they're trying to break into a vehicle, all we ask is that you say something. Right. Get involved. We need to really step up for one another. Pick up the phone. I'm not suggesting, and, and I'm sure my legal advisor would love to make sure that I, I say this. This is my legal disclaimer. There are times where you don't need to get involved physically. Correct. I don't want you to you know break up the fight or or, or stop the, the criminal in midstream, but what, unless they're attacking you personally. But what we do want you to do is get involved. Call 911. If it's not emergency, call the non-emergency number uh, of the police department. Get involved. Be a great witness. Provide a great description. Write something down. Everybody, let's be honest, everybody is carrying a smartphone today. Yep. Take a picture. Write down a you know a description. What whatever you feel most comfortable doing and from a safe position. Get involved. You know it's great. We're gonna have Ivan here later today, and Ivan is all about getting involved with youth and getting other people involved. And that's what we really have to do. Is we need to get involved with each other. We need to re-engage with one another, yeah. and and that's what's going to really, I think, smooth out some of the issues we're seeing in in our society. Is let's get involved with one another in a positive way. And if we see something that's out of the ordinary, that's going wrong, that's criminal activity that's suspicious activity, call us. That's what we do. Yeah. Every day. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, be a good witness. That's, that's We're not asking you absolutely to, to be directly in the mix of it. But if you get a vehicle description, if you get an actual description of clothing, stuff like that, that helps us out so that we can go just talk to the people. We right. We're not looking to right. go arrest people. Right. We, we just want to find out what's going on. Yes. And you guys know your neighborhoods better than we do. So what's going on in the neighborhood that that being a great witness is a, is a great. It's really, if you think about it, do something. Yeah. You know, sadly, we've seen too many issues around our country and around the world where a crime is taking place. I think one on the particular on the subway where a crime is taking place and people, somebody's being victimized yeah. and people are sitting there watching. They're not getting involved. And I get it. One-on-one -on -one confrontation can be scary, yeah. but I'm talking about an entire subway car full of people. There's safety and security and numbers. Yeah. Get involved. 
Someone's got to take the first step. Somebody has to do it. Right. Absolutely. Great, great question. Thank you. All right. Since it is February, let's, let's, the big events have kind of already passed us already. So. Thank, thankfully. Great, 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 uh, great event season, but that's a lot of work. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so now that Barrett Jackson and the WM Phoenix Open events have passed, can you tell us how you and the Scottsdale Police Department are planning for spring training coming up? Yep, you bet. I'm going to give a quick shout out. Uh, thanks to the Thunderbirds, our city partners, um, all of the people at Scottsdale PD and our law enforcement partners at the Department of Public Safety, another great uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. And a shout out to uh, Craig Jackson, uh, the Barrett Jackson Auto Auction, our city partners, and, and another great event um, with Barrett Jackson. And so, you know, we roll in terms of uh, January, February, March, April. Um, into the summer, into the hot months, we just uh, keep clicking right along. And so with spring training coming up, um, we're always in the planning phases. You know, with the big events that just ended, those events we plan for months and months and months in advance. So when when one Barrett-Jackson season ends or one Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open Series ends, we're already in the planning stages personnel-wise to make sure that we are a well-oiled machine for the following year. Spring training is no different. And so we're geared up and and uh, we're about ready to be geared up and ready to go for all of spring training. That's actually a great time. In fact, some of the best memories that I have of working really cool off-duty jobs was when I worked the clubhouse for the Giants during spring training or the berm during spring training or the, you know, the fans area. It's a great time. People are better have a, have, a, have a good time and watch some really good baseball. And you can well, one of the cool things about spring training is you're up really close. Yeah. You know, if you have good seats, you're you, you're your hand span away from the players, which is super cool. Um, so we are, we're prepared and ready to go for that. Like we, like we always are. So we're hoping for a really good spring training this year. Uh, fortunately we've seen, you know, we'll see what the, um, what the pandemic, or I'm now going to call, I'll probably get some grief for this and endemic. Um, we'll see what those numbers look like and hopefully we'll just continue to push through and, uh, and have a great spring training season. So picking off of that, you said about you're constantly planning. Now, Super Bowl just ended. Waste management just ended. Uh, Super Bowl is coming back next year. 2023 Super Bowl. So is this the time that that you guys start preparing for it? What is what is the police department yeah. doing for What's that? What's great about that is we're we were already having meetings in preparation for the Super Bowl. And I joke around my my counterparts, uh, Chief Chris Briggs and uh, of Glendale PD. Hate I'm not sure he hates when I say this, but hey, yeah, that that game, that Super Bowl, that's over in Glendale. But all the parties over in Scottsdale. Yeah. So there's a lot of events here in Scottsdale, sanctioned, I'm sure sanctioned and unsanctioned. Uh, and then with all the nightclubs and the bars, uh, we're going to be, you know, crazy as, as, as normal. And what happens to us pretty much every time is that the final round of the Waste Management Phoenix Open is on the same Sunday as Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll have the crowd, especially the diehard golfers that want to party in the old town. They'll be here. Super Bowl parties will be here. So it's going to be a madhouse again. But it's going to, I like to call it controlled chaos. So yes, we're already already meeting for Super Bowl preparation in anticipation for waste management at the same time. And uh, we'll have a lot of our resources. In fact, Pretty much during during waste management that week, when we see six hundred thousand people um, in uh, in the waste management Phoenix Open during that week, we'll add another probably hundred thousand to that with uh, with all the Super Bowl activity. Now you talked about the vibrant life of Old Town, uh, so it actually transitions to our next question. It's kind of like you had these ahead of time. Um, is the city moving forward to like new lighting and other safety initiatives to kind of help prep for that ginormous influx of people? What a great softball question. As I hit it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are always looking at ways to improve our safety in the downtown. When you bring in 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people on a Friday night yeah. or on a Saturday night, now on a Sunday night and sometimes on a Thursday night. It's yeah. not it used to just be Friday and Saturday. Now it's the entire weekend plus Thursday. 
Yeah, we are always looking at that. Is there an opportunity for us to do increased lighting? There is, and we're going to do some new festoon lighting. And I learned what the do you know what the you know what the word festoon is? Is this kind of like your arc thing? It's, <laughs> you just make it up again. <laughs> you know, but that's what they're calling it: festoon lighting. It's that string lighting, right? So that's going to bring more lighting to the downtown. We're also um, looking at uh, some vehicle barriers options uh, that we'll have uh, hopefully purchased and installed. The plan is to have those purchased and installed before uh super bowl okay. uh, comes to pass so that we really need and you've seen in in um in the midwest and the parade waukesha i think it was that where the parade where people yeah. where the guy drove, drove through and killed a number of folks a decent number of folks and so we want to be able to prevent some of that especially in the u what we call for our listeners what we call the u um, which is just off a of camelback road uh uh, buckboard and Schumann area, saddlebag area in yep. that area where we have a high concentration of pedestrians. Is there an opportunity for us to put vehicle barriers there when we can close that area down, you know, after 10 o'clock at night when we start to get real heavy, heavy pedestrian traffic and prevent a tragedy like that? So that's what we're looking at. And hate to be so big brother. But we're also interested in adding more cameras, more security cameras to the downtown to make sure that we can keep an eye. When things happen, when crimes happen, we want to be able to go back and, and view some of that footage to make sure that we can uh, we can enforce the law and we can capture people who who are committing crimes uh, against the patrons down in the in the in the U or in the entertainment district. So yeah, we have a lot of security uh, programs and protocols in place or about to be put in place to deal with some of those issues. And some of the cameras that are going to be in there may be monitored by our real-time crime center as yes, well. Yes, we'll pump those that camera feed into the real-time crime center so that we can... What's great about, you know, we, and then this, I'll get off on my, ta I'll get on a tangent here is that we talk in law enforcement, I have talked a lot about response time, right? How long from the time do you call the police department is an officer on scene? That's response time. We call it hello to hello, right? Yep. With technology, we can really change that response time to a hello, and now I have technicians in my real-time crime center who are embedded with my dispatchers who also leverage real-time crime center information that's video. So, so we get the call, we have video in the area, be it business, uh, be it city, be it traffic cameras, be it some of these new cameras, and my real-time crime center technicians have that they pull up that area. They can see cameras. Okay, I see a suspect leaving an XYZ car, yeah. and that puts us on it. So it's no longer hello to hello in person. It's hello to camera access technology and allow us to quickly, more quickly respond to the call and resolve that call um, in a much more timely manner than just a physical hello to hello. It's great stuff. Which brings us to the the be a great witness. The, the better information we have will assist our real-time crime center with who to find or what Absolutely. vehicle to find. Absolutely. Uh, so that'll help us out in the long run. Yeah, definitely. So a little bit of transition. Um, our Citizens Academy is coming back, um, which is fantastic. It starts uh, sometime this week. What's new and what's different uh, compared to previous years with our Citizens Academy? Very excited about Citizens Academy coming back. You know, there was a period of time uh, due to the pandemic that we really stopped um, all Citizens Academy because everything has been in person. Well, you know, Citizens Academy is very close contact, experiential type of event where, you know, we, we bring our folks in, you learn about the PD, you get hands-on uh, opportunities uh, in Citizens Academy. And because of the pandemic, we stopped that. We put a temporary halt on that. In fact, we we haven't even really brought back the vast majority of our volunteers that have all participated in Citizens Academy, and we're looking forward to doing that real soon. But the tr the kind of the transition in Citizens Academy are those people who want to participate in Citizens Academy who don't have the time or they don't want to travel. And so we're really going to start um, rolling out Citizens Academy in more of a hybrid. There'll be some that, that want to come in person. There'll mm -hmm. be some that want to participate uh, virtually online via Microsoft Teams or Zoom. And so we're rolling that out and we're really excited to get that um, rolled back out again because typically the people who go through our Citizens Academies are great ambassadors yeah. for the police department. They learn what we do in in one of your terms, I like this. I'm going to use a video game term for you. They, 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 they learn what we do in the RL, in the real life. Instead oh, of, instead goodness. of, you went there. Instead of learning it from television or movies. Listen, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is an interesting actor. He's been in a lot of cool movies, especially the the Christmas movie. Christmas, uh, Christmas movie of Night Heart. Yeah. Um, 
But people say, oh, they, and I joke around that oh, Bruce Willis is the quintessential police officer in movies and TV, right? Divorced, always drunk, disgruntled. And so that's not real. Yeah. That's not real. Uh, so Citizens Academy allow, uh, allows them to get a real understanding of what we truly do. And I'm excited to bring that back. Also on social media, um, this is a question from our, our community here. They've actually... Well, I mean, our, our six followers have seen some of our social media <laughs> postings and our listeners. Um, they've seen about a lot of retirements uh, yeah, in the yeah, police force. Yeah. And, and we know this is kind of global and, and nationwide as far as retirements and, and hires. But there's so many people coming to the Valley. Uh, yeah. uh as our guests will tell you, um, but it's uh, I'm I'm not from here. I'm from California, so it's kind of one of those things that you're drawn to the valley. So, are you are you accepting applications from officers or support staff that are from other states? You bet. And how does that how does that whole process work? In fact, we just finished another lateral recruitment. We do a couple different recruitments. We do a lateral recruitment for police officers for those interested in being police officers in Scottsdale who are already currently police officers in other jurisdictions, typically outside the state of Arizona. So we just finished a recruitment, a lateral waiver recruitment where we took in 50 applications of current police officers somewhere else. Great. Um, which is different than, you know, a typical recruitment where we get people who want to become police police officers. You bet Scottsdale is wide open for lateral officers from other jurisdictions. Here's why. So if you've watched around the country over the last two years, and we haven't talked a lot about it on the show lately, we did get some questions initially about the narrative on law enforcement in this country and how we're different in Scottsdale and how we approach that connectivity to the community, which I know we're going to talk with, uh, with Ivan about as well. But you have police officers from around the country that are getting out of, and you mentioned that you're from California. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of interest from lateral officers from California, from Illinois, from Maryland, uh, from Washington State, from Oregon, uh, from all over the country, Philadelphia. In fact, I think we're getting ready to hire our, our third officer, lateral officer from uh, Philadelphia PD. And so we were from Chicago PD. We're bringing in a lot of the NYPD. And so that have had some issues, community related issues. And so we have some good, good police officers from around the country who are coming to Arizona. That's Arizona has, has a great law enforcement reputation. And so we're seeing uh, a lot of those applications. And I will tell our listeners, because I know initially they're going to think, well, oh my gosh, why do we want to, why do we want a, an, a police officer from a different policing culture in Chicago or NYPD? Or, and so I will I'll tell those listeners that we are really good at skimming the cream of the crop of lateral officers off the top and taking those. So you have to still meet our very high exacting standards to be part of our police culture. And so we're getting a lot of those. We do see a lot of retirements. We anticipated a lot of retirements in 2020 and in 2021, we're going to see a few in 2022. So we, uh, we have a task ahead of us to fill about right now, about 20 sworn positions and 20 other professional staff positions. So listeners out there who have, who are interested in a job with the police department or have friends or relatives. We have a lot of jobs open, not just police officer jobs. Uh, look on our website and see what we have available. Yep. You can go to scottsdalepd.com or our city's website, scottsdaleaz.gov backslash police. And our recruitments will be up there that are currently going. Yeah. Great. Cool. So that's, uh, that's it for our questions uh, from the community. Um, and keep sending us more and we'll answer it when we can. That's a wrap for the community questions this month. Thank you to those who submitted questions. If you have a question for a future episode, feel free to send it our way. Today's guest has a huge heart for kids. His passion led him from corporate America to the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Midlands in Omaha, Nebraska, where he served as the president and CEO for 10 years. He's now taken that same role with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Scottsdale, where Chief Walther sits on the Board of Governors. Welcome to the show, Mr. Ivan Gilreath. Great. Uh, well, I love uh, part two of the uh, uh, of our show today. Um, I have Ivan Gilreath here, who's not just the uh, the CEO, president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Scottsdale. 
Um, he's a friend. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. We've, you know, our, our, we've been out to dinner with our wives a couple different times. And uh, I just could not ask for a better steward of the Boys and Girls Club than Ivan Gilreath. Let me give you a little bit of his background from his bio. Um, Ivan is currently the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Scottsdale. Um, he was the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Midlands, which Ivan, you can, I'm sure you can weigh in. That was in Omaha, Nebraska. That was Omaha and southwestern Iowa. So Omaha is right on the uh, border of Iowa and Nebraska and Council Bluffs, Iowa is where we had a couple of clubs. And like you're super happy to be here now in February <laughs> and in Arizona. The, than in the, the, this <laughs> is the time of year where it really makes a lot more sense to be here. That, that's for sure. I was talking to some people from home and earlier this week, it's better now, it's about 50 degrees and Nebraska, Omaha today, but earlier this week, it was a wind chill minus 12. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, I'll go over a couple other things, but we're going to post Ivan's uh, full bio on here. It's, uh, as you would imagine, um, now that it's the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club, Ivan has done a ton um, of things and had, a, had an incredible career. Uh, uh, president of Employee Benefits Division with Ing Group, Chief Operating Officer at Ing Employee Benefit Division, Senior Vice President of Mutual of Omaha. I used to think Wild Kingdom, right? Sorry. Uh, the group division. I mean, Ivan has done so much, um, and, but his and my my conversations with him, really, um, his passion is about kids and about the Boys and Girls Club. And we can get in and have conversation with Ivan because um, uh, Ivan asked me to sit on the, as a, become a board of governor, uh, on the board of governors. And I jumped at that um, just because he and I have a connection and uh, and we both um, really want to connect with kids. I love, and I, I'll let Ivan talk about that, but he is, I've learned a phrase from the Boys and Girls Club and that he's a club kid. And, uh, and when you talk about club kids or kids who grow up in the Boys and Girls Club, um, it's just amazing. So welcome, Ivan. Thanks so much for sitting on the opposite side of the table from uh, Sergeant Quan and I. I know he's a bit difficult at times, but we really we, we appreciate you taking time out of your day um, to be with us today. Yes. Well, I appreciate you having me here. And uh, thank you and your uh, beautiful wife, uh, V, for exposing me to Bobby Q. <laughs> Isn't it the best? Yes, yes. Bobby Q. I mean, such an innovative name, Bobby Q. So uh, I appreciate that. So yes, we, we've got out and and uh, really got to know each other quite well. Yes, so sir. it's really good to be here in Scottsdale. So so what brought you here, Ivan? I know I know this, but the listeners, um, what kind of what kind of has you in Scottsdale now as opposed to Omaha, Nebraska? Yep, yep. And I'll tell you, and I'll go back to one thing you said earlier. So, so anybody who grew up in the Boys and Girls Club is known as a club kid. Doesn't matter how old you are, because I'm kind of old to be a kid of anything, <laughs> but uh, always a club kid. But uh, grew up at, in the clubs in Omaha, Nebraska, in the uh, in the '60s. But uh, probably about ten years ago. Uh, never had any desire to uh, to live in Arizona. But 10 years ago, my son, for some reason, decided that he wanted to move with no job. <laughs> he wanted to move to uh, somewhere warmer that had pro sports and a little better nightlife than uh, than Omaha did. So him and my nephew, uh, they just decided that Phoenix was that place. So uh, so they up and moved down here to Phoenix. And uh, and then after a while, got settled in. They both met wives here. So they both got married here. And then along the way, three little grandsons appeared. <laughs> and so I have a son and three grandsons here. And then about five years into my son's tenure here, my daughter, who was uh, going to school to be an occupational therapist, had to do some work outside of Omaha. And there were several places around the country she could do this where there were partnerships with her school. And one of those places was was the uh, the valley. And so uh, she said, well, I can go there. I could stay with my brother and, uh, you know, don't have, to, don't have to worry about a place to, to stay or I know somebody there. So she comes here and she gets offered a job. <laughs> so so now both of my kids, I only have two kids and they're both here. Uh, I grew up without a father, only met my father for two hours in my entire life. Uh, although I don't claim to be Ward Cleaver, I take fatherhood very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so um, once the grandkids came, my wife started tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> 
And uh, it's amazing the impact that grandkids have on 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 your wife. But she started tapping me on the shoulder and she started saying, we really have to to be able to get down there more than we get down here. Yeah. And I thought we got down here a fair amount. I mean, we really I mean, we we would come down four to five times a year, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't enough for her. So I told my board at the Boys and Girls Club in Omaha 18 months before my 10th anniversary, that on my 10th anniversary, that I was going to retire and uh, I was going to do something that allowed me to go to Arizona a little bit more. So fast forward to a couple of months before that actual retirement date. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't really feel like retiring, but I feel like being in Arizona more. And so I said, let me go on a couple of nonprofit websites in Arizona and see what's down there. And uh, this is when, you know, fates at play. The very first job, the only job I saw was a job with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Scottsdale. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And, uh, and uh, you know, it wasn't actually the job I'm in now, but it, I thought it was, it was so fateful that that was the first and only job that came up. So I inquired about it and, and I was like, it was a part-time 20 hour a week job doing some estate planning, uh, fundraising. I was like, I could do that. Yeah. You know, and then the other 20 hours I could travel, I could golf, I can do some consulting, I could do some stuff. I can feel the other 20 hours. But as we started talking more with the people there, all of a sudden, because of all the great things that we had done in Omaha with our board and our staff and, and the community, uh, I think they started to think, you know, we'd like to do some of that here in Scottsdale. Yeah. So uh, they started putting a hard press on me to come down here and run the boys and girls clubs of uh, Greater Scottsdale. And and I was happy to do it, even though I didn't know a whole lot about uh, that particular organization, mm-hmm. didn't know a whole lot about Scottsdale. I know what good boys and girls clubs look like, and I know the impact they have on kids. Yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, no, no matter what's going on there, this 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 is going to be good for me and it's going to be good for the kids and it's yeah. going to be good for the community. Well, I will tell you that just in the time that we've spent together and gotten to know each other, you have a great vision for the Boys and Girls Club. But you also had and how we met. And we will go into the how we had coffee and then then somebody <laughs> crashed into your car right at the intersection. <laughs> That's a classic, by the way. It's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the first time we met and we had coffee, you have, I think you have a great vision, not just for the club, but how the police department can participate in the Boys and Girls Club. Hence, then I find myself now very happily on uh, as one of the board of governors. And I sit on the facility committee and the safety committee. And I've taken that very seriously because you have such a great vision. Can you talk about kind of what you were in Omaha with Omaha and the police chief and how you see Scottsdale PD and what we do connecting with your vision for the Boys and Girls Club? And I'll take it back even a little further. So after my uh, my corporate experience, which spanned about 30 years, I went to run the club in Omaha, did that for 10 years, about two years into that. I went to a Boys and Girls Club of America National Conference out in San Francisco. And one of the keynote speakers was the chief of police of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's up there and he's talking about all of these things, a whole litany of things that his police department does with the Boys and Girls Club. Just, just reading them off. I mean, there had to be 10, 15 things they were doing. And it was almost like like that one commercial where an apple drops on somebody's head and it goes, dong, you know, and I, and I was and it was just like, my God, I was like, there's so much opportunity here with the police and the clubs. So I immediately got on my phone at the conference during a break and I called my board chair and I said, I said, I think I want to ask the uh, chief of police of Omaha to be on our board because there's a whole lot we can be doing together to better serve this community and better serve our kids and better serve everything. And he was all for it. So when I got back to Omaha, I went and met with the chief, cold called him and met with him and brought up this conversation. And almost just like you, Jeff, he immediately said, I'm in. 
Yeah. He said, he said, I'm in. And, uh, and so we added him to our board and it's amazing when you get the chief on your board, how easy it is to do partnerships yeah. with, with your kids and the police, because you just kind of like, well, the chief said, and, uh, everything else falls in place. <laughs> and so that's what happened in Omaha. We brought the chief on there and, uh, and it was amazing. So one of the first things we did, uh, we had a really, really big gang problem in Omaha, still do, uh, really big gang problem. And uh, we decided to partner on some people that do gang intervention. And so the people that do gang intervention, we uh, we would hire them on our staff, but they would they would work for us and they'd work for the police. And what they would basically do is these gang intervention specialists, they would go around the community and they would usually work with younger fringe getting pulled into yeah, the gang yeah. people. Cause once they get to be 17, 18, it's, it's, it's kind of hardcore that somebody else should do that work than us. But they would go into the middle schools and they would talk to these, these kids who were fringe dangling, you know, tipping their toe in the, the gang thing. And they would try to convince them a better way doing some of our programs like passport to manhood and teaching them, you know, there's another way. And then if they went to these kids house and they saw a six or seven year old brother and sister there, they would give them a free membership and get them in the club yeah. to get them off, great. off the street. So that was the first thing we did with, with the police. And then the second thing was when the whole Ferguson thing broke out, you know, years ago, I don't know how long ago that was now, six, seven years. And one of the things you kept hearing is that the police and the citizens of Ferguson just had no relationship, right. mm-hmm. no relationship. And that's why everything got worse because they had no relationship. So I was watching all of this on TV and it was really bothering me. And I was like, this has got to be something we can do. So I got on the phone. And I called the chief because we had that kind of relationship. I called him. I said, chief, it just it just seems like something we should do here that 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 you know, make sure this doesn't happen in Omaha, right, right. that that there's a relationship there. And so during that conversation, once again, we just came up with we need to we need to do something to break down barriers. And we came up with a program called Breaking Down Barriers and Breaking Down Barriers is a program we had with with our kids and our clubs that once a quarter police would come to the clubs. We'd provide pizza or whatever. And uh, the police would just hang out with the kids. But the first time we did it, we thought it was serious. It was right in the middle of Ferguson. So the first time we did it, we had the police come to the club and we broke out in three age groups. We broke out in 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 teenagers, 13 and above. And then we broke out into the middle ages, our younger members, which you call them, which are nine through 12. And then a third breakout with those eight and under. And two police officers went with each group and it was basically ask us any questions that you have and we'll answer them. And can we ask you any questions we have and you answer them? So we just wanted to break down barriers. We wanted to get them to talk. And, and you know, when you listen to some of it, it was kind of like, you know, the police would say, I mean, the kids would ask, why are you guys always messing with us when we're on the corner? Right. And they had a great answer of, you know, you know, how they're trying to protect, you know, the uh, the community and so on and so forth. But then but then the police would follow back with. Why are you always on the corner? <laughs> and so and so the dialogue in that room was so powerful that night. It was so powerful. And then and then so we did it for an hour, did it for an hour. And so I told everybody, OK, that's it. Cut it off. We're done. An hour later, the police and the kids were still oh, talking. That's awesome. They were still nobody wanted to leave. That's great. It, it was amazing. Nobody wanted to leave. So. That's that's the power. So we started doing that every quarter at every club. And sometimes they come in like your your folks came to Barker Club a few weeks ago, yeah, play dodgeball. Play dodgeball. Yeah. Sometimes they come and play dodgeball. Sometimes they come and 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 play, you know, basketball. Sometimes they just come and bring a box of cookies. Yeah. You imagine what a how much most of our kids in Omaha were were poor in our clubs. Well, somebody comes in with a box of cookies or a box of donuts, you know, it's it's on at that point. And they would just come in and they would just hang out with the kids. And what you want to get from all of that is, first of all, you want all police officers to to realize all kids aren't bad. Mm-hmm. And you want all kids to realize all police officers aren't bad. Yeah. And the only way you get that to ever happen 
is for communication, talking to each other, getting to know each other. Otherwise, you're scared of each other. And so our goal was to continue to do that. So so to this day, you know, I keep in touch with the folks back there. Breaking down barriers is a key part of what we do. And it's just getting everybody exposed to each other. The same thing this whole world needs. We just need to get to know each other. When you get to know each other, you're not scared of each other. And then and then you you get along and you do great things. So so those are just just some of the things that we were able to do there. And it was amazing. Taking a little bit further. So, you know, we had um, uh, do you have a police helicopter? No. All right. So <laughs> I think I hit I think I hit a, a sore point. No, there, no, but we, <laughs> maybe for Kevin, not for me. We use drones. They're but, cheaper, but, Kevin. Yeah. Drones are cheaper. But we had two police helicopters and, uh, you know, we would have a major event every year called Day for Kids where a thousand kids and their family would come together and we'd have bounce houses and whatnot. And with the chief being on our board, he made sure the mounted police were yeah. there yeah. with the horses Everybody loves a horsey. We do have mine. And, and, yes. and, and then the helicopter would swoop around up and come in and land. And the kids got to go in and see the helicopter. So the, the whole point of everything we did was to build better police community and citizen relationships. So so when you do see some of those kids on the corner, hopefully some of those police officers say, you know, hey, Jason, what's, what, what are you doing over there? Yeah. You know, what are you doing over there? You know, you guys just need to head on home. And the more you can build that, I think ultimately, the more those relationships will improve. And and Chief, you and I have talked about it before. And I believe, you know, we hear on the media about all the unrest and and and, you know, defund the police and all that other stuff. But 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 that's way overblown. I think people understand how important the police are. People are supportive of the police. If any of us have an issue, we're calling the police. And so people understand that and people just want a better relationship with the police. And I think at the clubs, we can help that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, just in the short time that that I've been on the board of governors, I've just been really excited to be to be part of that. Um, spend a lot of time there. Uh, we're getting ready to roll out in the spring with with your help, um, a police athletic league that'll take that will start at the Barker uh, branch and include the whole Coronado complex down there. My school resource officers, everybody's excited to just really um I think we're connected at some at a lot of our schools through our SRO program, but this is just another opportunity for us to really help out and create that connectivity. And that's really about your vision. And so I, I, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Are you going to be doing some of the uh, athletics? Yeah, I, I would have been at the I would have been at the dodgeball game playing in the dodgeball game, but I had a prior commitment. It was a, it was a old sports injury that, that was keeping you out. Uh, no, no. In fact, we we had great discussion. In fact, the chief operations offered uh, officer John Carroll Zach. We were, wound up having a great conversation about the kinds of dodgeballs that they used to. Say. First off, I was so happy that the boys and girls club actually plays dodgeball still because it's been outlawed. It's too dangerous in other places. But then I picked up one of the dodgeballs, and I think it was at it was I think it was at Barker. Is either at Barker or Virginia T. Piper Branch? But um, and I thought, what is this ball? It, it was. It was light as air. Like you would have hurt your, you would have thrown your shoulder out trying to get some velocity on this. It's it's so, a rotator cuff injury yes. waiting to happen. What was great was that when our folks played the teens at the Barker Boys and Girls Club, we used the real dodgeballs, oh. and it was it was very so they, they everybody had a great time. And so the other thing that we've worked into that is not just our officers and our police aides who are involved in that, but we we've worked in our police cadets, our teens into that as well. And so they create that greater connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in in addition to all of the, you know, obvious benefits of police and, and our members getting to know each other, 
you know, some of the other advantages of, of having you on the board and, 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 and working with the police department is the other safety things for our right. kids, because right. safety is the number one thing we do. People entrust their kids to us because they think they're going to be safe. Yes. And, and, and we immediately put you on the safety committee yeah. because we knew there was, there was good intelligence you could share with us on how to be safety. So uh, how to be safe. So, you know, your your department's going to help us walk around our clubs and make sure that that they're safe. They're not things around yeah. that would that would hurt kids. They're going to make sure that they're safe for people coming in and out. Right. Uh, you know, those are things that are invaluable. I think at some point we're going to talk about after uh, active shooter training. Yes. Uh, for our staff. Yep. So God forbid if that ever happens. But if it does happen, we want to be ready for it. Yeah. So I think by you coming by and 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 giving us training for that, and then most recently, probably as important as anything, you know, you're gonna you're gonna share some of your resources with us on some mental health training. Yes. And uh, one of the big things about this pandemic is it's had a tremendous toll on our staff. You know, they've Absolutely. they've had to be there every day, just like your officers have to be out there every day, yeah. and it takes a tremendous mental toll. And how are, how is our staff going to take care of kids? If nobody's taking care of them. Right. Right. So we appreciate another part of this partnership, which focuses on safety and then the mental well-being of our staff. Yeah, so agreed. In fact, we, we had this discussion and and I put John with my police crisis intervention services supervisor, Tracy Wilkinson, who's known around the state, incredible mental health professional. So I know we're working that angle. Uh, Sergeant Kevin Bingham with my school resource uh, unit. And he's working with John as well. So. It's, it really is. There's some great connectivity between us and you uh, for all the right reasons to really make sure that our, our kids are are well protected and, and safe and that your staff is is uh, safe as well. I just visited. My goal has been to visit all the branches. And although it is the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Scottsdale, I do find uh, some amusement in the fact that there's a there's a branch in Peach Springs, Arizona, <laughs> which is about two and a half hours away from here off of like I-40. It's greater. So I'm visiting yeah. that one in May, uh, probably by myself. It's so far away, but I was just at the Vestar branch um, just off of Tatum and Pinnacle Peak. Uh, what, what a great, that's another great facility. And Tyler yeah. did a great job showing me around. And um, But it's just great connectivity. That's that's hilarious. I, I didn't even know we had a Peach Springs in Arizona. Springs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long way now. I would actually suggest you're doing it in May May, because yeah. I think you want to do it all before the, the end of the fiscal year. I think your goal was to get to all of them. Yes. The first year. But it's better to go to that one in July. Yeah. Because it's a lot cooler. <laughs> it's a lot cooler up there so they're they're elevated so they kind of got a little bit like flagstaff weather in the summer oh nice i'm looking forward to it so you know and i know kevin i think i've i've been stealing all the questions did you want to jump in on anything no because i have one for ivan i think that is essential to talk about with the boys and girls club and scottsdale so you talked about your Omaha experience and a lot of gang issues. And so I think that there's a misconception often in Scottsdale or in, in places like Scottsdale. I'll use Gilbert uh, or Chandler for that matter, where you have a boys and girls club. And I've gotten people who say, oh, well, why do we need a boys and girls club in Scottsdale? And they are thinking about, um, you know, kind of a, a, a the wealthier, more affluent side of Scottsdale. But but those kids up there need a boys and girls club just as much as our kids in South Scottsdale or in the North Phoenix or on the Pima Maricopa Indian Reservation or up in Peach Springs. Can you kind of speak to the thought process that some people have that the Boys and Girls Club is for disadvantaged youth only? Because I know you and I believe that is absolutely not the truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Boys and Girls Club's mission is to be there for kids who need us the most and to help them become productive members of, of society. And the kids who, who need us the most, you know, that's open to interpretation. Right. Clearly, right. 
Clearly, kids who need us the most are kids who are poor, who come to the club because they 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 wouldn't eat dinner otherwise. Right, right. So they come there for that. They come there for protection to be away from, you know, a gang written neighborhood yeah. or or their mother, their mother, like my mother, you know, worked two jobs all her life. So, you know, where are you going to go besides hang out in the street? So you go to a club because you got a safe place to go. You eat and then you go home. So you got that element. Right. And then you have the element of kids who might be from a middle to upper income family and their kids who need us the most as well, yeah. because those kids may have maybe a divorced uh, household where maybe the mother and father don't get along. So it's kind of dysfunctional and the kids really don't need to be there. They may have a mother and father who are doctors or lawyers or some other kind of profession where they're working 13, 14 hours a day. They they may have other types of drug or mental health influences right. around them. Right. So where do those kids go from three to six every day? Yeah. Do we just say, you don't need anybody, go home and fend for yourself? Kids in both of those categories benefit from the Boys and Girls Club. Absolutely. Because what the Boys and Girls Clubs give you, you come every day to a safe environment for somebody who loves you. Hmm. And they show you love. They show you care. They show you self-worth. They're role models to you. And and what kid doesn't need that? Right. What kid needs to go home? And this is nothing against video games. But what kid needs to go home every day and bury their head in video games? No social interactive skills, nothing, uh, not getting their themselves ready for society. So we serve poor kids. We serve middle income kids. We we serve rich kids. We serve any kid who says, I want to come. Yes. There's never a reason to tell a kid they can't come. So we serve any kid who wants to come. Um, because all kids have needs. If we ignored every kid around here, so as you know, Jeff, we got nine clubs. Five of them are in middle income and up areas. Right. Four of them are in poor areas. But those, but 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 if but you've seen it. If you walk into a club, you can't tell the difference. Nope. Nope. You, you can't tell the difference. There's kids in there who are loving it. They're having a great time, and you got positive people in their yep. ear. Yeah. Our society can only be better from more of that. Absolutely. And just you just encapsulated for me the whole idea and, and why I really wanted to have you on here, because there's just so much to be gained. You know, I, I have joked around with my wife, who, you know, um, I was a I was a, the, the quintessential latchkey kid, right? Literally with the key around my neck on a on a shoestring because both my parents worked. And I was that kid that went home. My brother and sister and I, we were the kids that went home and kind of hung out and tried to do homework or got into a little bit of trouble. We, we and just a regular average lower to middle uh, income family, I could have benefited from the boys club. My brother and sister could have benefited from the boys club because the programs at the boys and girls club be it from art or maker space or help with homework, leadership, uh, resume writing for the older kids, uh, how to do job interviews, sports, um, uh, really a connectivity that is so amazing. Three to six, whatever you need it from, I think has, is just one of those things I don't think we talk about enough in the community, um, should be on the news every week to talk about the positivity that, uh, of the great work that you and your staff is doing and the Boys and Girls Cover Greater Scottsdale and around the country. Yep. There's just nothing better than that. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 so my, my people who work for me don't get mad. Um, you know, as you've walked into the clubs, there's nothing like walking into a club because I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face, but we encourage people to come by and, and, and schedule with us and do a tour of the club. See the club in action sometime. See see what's happening in that club with the kids and the staff and the magic that's happened with all of that. And then if you really want to know in a nutshell the impact of a club, we have a gala coming up soon. And you were my guest last year. Yes. So, so hey, the where, gala. Do, where do I sit this year? Can I do I have to pay my own way? How does that all work? I, so you haven't told me that. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to invite you and be to my table again. Uh, uh, dead center up front. But but when you hear those young people 
give their speeches. Yes. Of of the the turbulence that's been in their life. And sometimes it might be a poor kid talking about, you know, all of the things that that go along with being a poor kid. Sometimes it's a kid who's been well off and he talks about the bullying mm-hmm. and 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 the drug abuse and the opioids and whatnot. And they all tell you how the club impacted their life when they needed them the most and how it's put them on the right track to being a productive member of society. I encourage everybody to come to that gala uh, or at least look at those videos online and then you hear firsthand from them what the club meant to them. You know, every time I've I've been to it, in fact, years ago, I was a commander and I sat on the Youth of the Year um, interviews and I'm in awe. Last year, the 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 speeches by all the youth, you're just in awe at what the clubs have done for them. And so when you talked about uh, me coming on board with the Board of Governors, I yeah, jumped at it because this is what we should all be doing. This is set aside your petty political differences and let's focus on our youth and the forward progress of our youth because I hate to be so cliche, but that is the future of our country. And so kudos to you and your staff just doing an amazing Amazing job. And I think, Kevin, we're running out of time, right? So I want to. Yeah, in the world. <laughs> and, and really, the, you know, he never, he always tells me, wrap it up, Chief, wrap it up, wrap it up. I, I have to. Uh, you just kind of understand that, Chief, um, I'm not going to talk anymore because then I will get fired. Um, what is the best way that people can look up where the Boys and Girls Clubs are? The website? Yeah, they, the, the best way is to go to the website and, and uh, Google it and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Scottsdale is is our organization then go in there and hear about uh everything that we do they can give they can sign up to volunteer or you know they could just contact me or some of my staff and we can set them up for a tour so so googling the boys and girls club of greater scottsdale is is the best way to go fantastic but 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 i'm gonna tell you one more area of opportunity that that i meant to mention that uh that i think is important especially you know you guys were talking earlier about the number of retirements and and bringing in other police officers and i think it's uh it's 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 our responsibility to put you folks in front of our kids more because i think there are young people who would like a still would want a career in law enforcement and and i think if we can put together some opportunities for that, maybe some academies they could go to out of high school or whatever. I know there's a certain age you have to be to be a police officer, right. but I think putting them on that kind of path, uh, I think they would be great police officers yeah, going forward totally or anything in the police department. Our plan is honestly to really just continue to expand our role with your help and and help out as much as we can. So that's uh, that's very doable. Yeah. So, Ivan. Thanks so much for being our guest uh, today and for uh, for putting us on the path here. And that's a wrap for Episode 7 of Shot Talk. It's obvious that Chief Walther and Ivan share in their aspirations for Scottsdale's youth. We can't wait to see what opportunities this partnership will bring to our community. Now let's close out this episode with today's Four Reels questions. I got, I got some fun ones this time. All right. Uh, what is your biggest mess up in the kitchen? I got, I got a great story for this one, but I, what is your guys' biggest mess up biggest that you've ever done? Biggest mess up in the kitchen. That you've ever done. Ever yeah. done? Well, I got a good one. Uh, this was uh, shortly after my wife and I had gotten married, and um, we were in an apartment, and I didn't realize that grease catches on fire. <laughs> and so there was some grease in the skillet from the night before. And I was like, I'm going to heat up that grease so I can pour it out. So I turned the fire up high under the grease and then I left the room. <laughs> yeah, I came back to the room. The kitchen is on fire of our apartment. And so, uh, you know, we caught it uh, good enough. I also didn't realize water doesn't put out <laughs> grease fires. Only like baking soda and some yeah. other stuff yeah. does. So it got to be a uh, comedy of errors, and uh, I burned down our first apartment. Oh my gosh! Uh, I can't beat that. Nope. I can't. I beat was going to talk about burning water, but you burned uh, the whole yeah. kitchen down. Many years ago, had a baked ziti in the oven, 
and opened it up, pulled it out, caught it on the lip of the top of the oven, and it flipped the whole thing upside <laughs> down, dumped everything off on the door and inside the oven. But I didn't burn down the oven. <laughs> didn't burn it down. That's amazing. Okay. What is the dumbest way that you've ever been injured? Sleep. Come on, come on. Ivan appreciates this, that uh, once you cross about 40, you can you can sustain a sleep injury. And so I've had an I've gone to bed and then gotten up and I can't walk. I pulled a muscle <laughs> in my leg and I've fallen out of bed because I've <laughs> injured myself in some way, shape or form in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe that's too, you know, much in, too much information. I'm, I'm in there with Chief. You know, uh, the middle of the night injuries are always up there. And, and, and I've had numerous of those. And, you know, probably the most recent is, you know, trying to go all the way down the stairs without turning on a light. And I was counting the stairs and I miscounted. And there was one more, and I thought I was there. And uh, I ended up racking up my knee yeah, and my back. Jar your whole body doing oh, that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or I'm just going to continue with Ivan's part because in the middle of the night, and I have a middle toe on my right foot right now that's black and blue because <laughs> I did the same thing. Get up, go to the bathroom in the dark, come in, kick the dresser, uh, get coming back into the room. Yeah. I, I think so. you guys need to be wrapped up in foam or something when you go to sleep. Like, I haven't had any of that. You're like a kid. Yeah. Just take it. It's coming. Well, I, I've only broken my leg by a firefighter during a charity football game. So <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, who is your all time favorite Disney character? Oh, wow. There's been a ton of movies out there now. And it's okay if you guys like the princesses because they're amazing. (laughs) Was Donald Duck, was he a Disney character? He was, yes. Everybody when I was young tried to talk like Donald Duck. Everybody. (laughs) That's really good. I have no idea. I I don't know. Uh, Because it's not a music band. Okay, well. All right. So I don't have a a favorite Disney character. You you need you have grandkids. How do you not watch any of the Disney movies? I I do, but but I I couldn't pick a favorite. Uh, Thanks. Way to to be open there. (laughs) So the Winter Olympics Uh, just started. Let's let's back up. How about, uh, you know, uh, what's the Little Mermaid? Ariel. (laughs) I don't know. Edit. 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 He just wants to be part of this world. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea. No idea. Okay, so the Winter Olympics just started uh, a week ago or so. What is your favorite Winter Olympic sport? I like the luge, you know, or their skeleton, you know, with the where they're. Is going. that the forward or backwards one? Because I think one, the skeleton, one of them's backwards, one of them's you're laying forward. Yeah, I, I love all of those where they're going down essentially the ice tube yes. because it's my, you know, I'm always waiting for them to flip upside yes. down. Yes. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I just like to say luge. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what luge is, but I like to say luge. Ask but, you Kevin, know, he's a loser. But you know, but you know, who who doesn't love ice skating? Yeah. Especially when you have a Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan kind of thing going on. You know, that was that was might have been the best Olympics ever. It had so much drama yeah. around every skate. Yeah. And whatever a triple sow cow is, I don't know, but they always say that. So you watch it. Triple Salcow, triple toe loop. I mean, you've got it. Um, I like watching the biathlon to watch them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like roll around yeah. on cross-country yeah, skiing. and then shoot their little 22 rifles. And shoot their little, little yeah. pew-pews. Yeah. And yeah, that's incredible how they go for so long. Yeah. Um, all right. What is the one product that you couldn't live without? Guns. <laughs> Ooh, we've had this conversation. <laughs> Jeff and I, I've never had a gun, so I, I can't relate to that. But he said Ivan, he's going to show me how to Ivan, shoot a gun. We are going to get awesome. Ivan down to the range and yes. have him shoot a little Fantastic. bit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, you know, I don't know. That, that's not really a product. That's more okay. of a hobby. How about, about like okay. a, product. a product? How about Charmin? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great, Ivan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's, I don't have anything. Got, I, you know, I've enclosed it out beautifully. That's, That's fantastic. All right. Last one, because I told you, or the chief told you, I'm kind of a nerd. For a day, 
Would you rather be a hobbit or an elf? Elf. Absolutely. No question about it. Well, we talked about movies earlier. And so I don't even know what a hobbit is, but I know, but I know a hobbit is real big in some of these hobbit-like movies. But I don't even know what one is. So I guess I, I have to say an elf because I don't even know what a hobbit is. That's perfect. Why, why would you be an elf? Elves have they're 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 magical creatures. They have powers. They're plus they're you know they're good looking. So at least for a day, I could be good looking and with with magical powers. And I'd hope some of their immortality, you know, would wear off on me. With great power comes great responsibility. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> but isn't an elf, like, little? Uh, it depends. So you can have some wood elves. You could have just all type of elves. So you can have a Will Ferrell kind of elf. Yes. You see, that's I the elf I would be. Right Quan there. is such a dork. He even knows the different levels. So can not? we can we go back to is is uh, we were talking about Disney characters, right? Is Beauty and the Beast a Disney movie? Yes. Yes, it is. Chief Drew's really asked if Beauty and the Beast was a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. Belle and Gascon or the, the, Gaston. Gaston. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are not Lefou. No, I like those. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, good characters. Belle but, was one, but of my not favorites. the Beast. Yeah, the Beast is good. That whole movie. That's my. That's probably my favorite Disney movie. Lumiere, Mr. Cogs, yeah. Miss Cogs. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Oh, okay. favorite Miss Potts. Sorry, Miss Potts. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Go I ahead. Apologize for Quan. Yeah. Okay. Good. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ivan. Again, thanks so much for uh, for being on our uh, mostly irreverent podcast. We really <laughs> like to uh, to make it informal, but get some great insight into uh, what an incredible community partner you are personally, and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Scottsdale. So important to the police organization, our police organization, and the community. And so I just want to thank you for taking the time to be on. All right. Today. Thank you for having me, and we really appreciate having the police department as a partner. Outstanding. All our listeners, uh, thanks. For for listening be safe take care of each other do the right thing and and always remember that every day offers each of us the opportunity to be more in the service of each other and so thanks everybody and uh take care see you later thanks for listening in to episode seven of shop talk we appreciate all of our listeners and would love for you to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts Join us next month as we'll do a wrap-up of event season and chat about spring training baseball in Scottsdale.